Okay, good morning. Today we'll be learning Daf Ayin in Maseches Nadarim. Now, I told you, Andrew, it was a good place to stop. Three lines up from the bottom, Rabba and Rava, or maybe just Rava, depending on the gear sauce you're looking over here, were asking um, several questions with regards to Kiyum and Hafara of Nadarim. So I'll tease what we're about to discuss today a little bit. As the Torah says, okay, there's a deadline, Andrew. A girl, let's talk about a girl in her father's house. Let's keep it simple. Where the father has jurisdiction over her in the dharm. It's actually a fascinating idea, right? But there's a difference between, as we already talked about yesterday, hatara and hafara. Hatara means the nether was fully legitimate, legitimized, and then you undid it. Hafara is you stop the nether from getting off the ground. Okay, hafara is something that only a father or a husband of a girl could do, where you could actually stop the nether from getting off the ground. And as the Torah suggests, there is a behecheri shla, uh, as the Pasuk says, means that there is a deadline, okay, for hafaras nadarim. How long is that deadline? It's a day. So she makes a nether, and you have that day to nip it in the, in the bud, as it were. So now, okay, so that's hafara. Right, which is to say, if you don't nip it in the bud that day, it'll become a legitimate full-fledged nether. You could still do hataras nadarim, right? You'd still, but then you'd have to go to the rabbi's office, right? And you'd have to have a chacham start untangling, you know, that knot, as as the Rambam says. But but if you want to nip it in the bud, so that's easier to do. You don't need to have all the aspects of hataras nadarim. You don't need to have she'ela, right, where you have to have a pesach. And you have to start giving, you know, the, your rationale for had you known that you wouldn't make this. None of that applies to Hafaris Nadarim. Hafaris Nadarim is just the dad says, no way. This is not happening. Not on my watch. And he just nips it in the bud. He doesn't need to have a reason, a rhyme or reason for it, right? So these are two very different processes, certainly. Now, Hakamas Nadarim, which is, as we discussed in the Rambam and Andrew and I were hocking up the Reb Chaim afterwards, you know, Hakamas Nadarim, which we say is not exactly the flip side, but leave it aside for now because we have a short day today, it is a fascinating thing. Does Hakamas Nadarim, it's an affirmation of the nether. So let me ask you a question, Andrew. If I say Hakamas Nadarim, does that mean like the rest of the day it doesn't matter what I do? It's now officially legit, right? Or do I have sort of the full day to deliberate over it? So can I do Hakamas Nadarim? In other words, the whole day that I have after the girl made the nether, if I'm the dad, right? Does that, does Hakamas Nadarim really accomplish anything? Does it mean when you make that, that Hakamas Nadarim, that affirmation, have you like finished off the day and made it such that this nether is now completely full, fully mature and legit? So let's, let's see. Bye, Rava. Rava. What do you want to know? Kayim Lechi Hayom. That's an interesting thing. The, the father says, let's say, to his daughter, this would apply to a husband and his wife as well. So the father says to his daughter, I am going to do hakamas nadarim to your nether today. So this, an implication here. What does it mean? You know, you can have your nether today, sweetheart. So what does that mean? Does that mean that tomorrow I want to do hafaras nadarim? Well, guess what? Under normal circumstances, on the, tomorrow you wouldn't even have that opportunity to do it because it will have matured. So how does this work? It says, ask the Gemara, Mahu, Mirminan Kimanda Amarla Mufar Lehi Lamachar, Odil Mahalo Amarla. Right? Halo Amarla versus Amarla means do we 
assume this implication, right? There is an implication that the hakam is only going to be today. So again, the uh, literal translation is, do we say, do we take the implication and assume that he said it's as if it's mufar tomorrow? Or oh, we, don't, we don't assume this implication at all. We don't take out any implication from this. So we arrive at Ayin al Alf. We say like this. We're going to kick this around. The... Uh, that's done in here. If you're going to say that we don't look at the implication, which is to say, no, we, we're just assuming that, that we don't, we just assume that today there's a comma. We're not assuming that, that tomorrow is going to be any hafara. So, okay, so let's say that's the case. So consider the following case. So, okay, so what if, forget about the implication. So in other words, if you're going to say there is no implication if he just says that there's a comma today. What if he explicitly says that there's hafara tomorrow? Oh, so now you have an interesting conundrum, right? Because he really only has the first day to do hafara, according to the halacha. But for whatever reason, he says, today I'll let you have it. But tomorrow, I'm going to do hafara. So mahu, what will be the halacha? Do we say that, listen, man, the Torah tells you that you only have that first day to do hafara. So are we going to say that tomorrow you can no longer do hafara? Because after all, he allowed the ned there to survive today, right? So therefore, tomorrow, it should be already fully legit and there should be no hafara option, right? Because we know that there's a deadline for that option. So that's what I would say the halacha is. So what's the other side? Says the Gemara, O Dilma came to the Lamar Lakim Lechi Ayom, Ki Amar La Mufar Lechi Lamachar, Mehayom Ke Amar. It's a fascinating um, suggestion that since he doesn't say, that he's going to be Mekayim, came in the law, Amr Lakim Lechayom, right? Since he didn't say that you're really Mekuyim today, right? He didn't tell her that he didn't make an actual, right, Kiyom. He didn't affirm the nether. All he said was, tomorrow I am being made for this nether. He didn't say, today I'm being making this nether. So what does the Gemara suggest? It's as if he says, Mehayom, that, right? Since all he said was tomorrow I'm going to be made for it, Mehayom Kamar. It's as if he said it from today. Why would you say that, Barry? Because as follows. <laughs> the question is, if you already, what do you do? He stated that he's not interested in this nether, right? He said that tomorrow he is going to be made for the nether. So that's an interesting question. What is it that the father has to do during that day deadline in order to undo a nether? Does he have to actually explicitly do hafaras nadarim? Or, in this particular case, he did not do hakamas nadarim, and he did explicitly state an intention that he's not interested in this nether, right? So maybe that extends his deadline, right? Maybe that makes it as if he was made for it today. In other words, I'm busy today, honey. I don't have time for this right now. But tomorrow, first order of business is I'm going to be made for this nether. Is that enough, right, to indicate a, right, to, to hold that nether sort of in abeyance so that he could be made for it? So says the Gemara, came at the So let's say, I don't know what you're talking about, Barry. Let's say the, there's no reason why pushing it off the Hafara to the Mar should work, right? And that would make sense, right? Because pushing off, and it's funny, why does the Gemara, the Gemara is kind of like walking you through it step by step so you can appreciate the concepts of Hafara, but eventually we're going to get to the real question now, which is as follows. 
Barry is going to say, listen, the Torah says you have a day deadline. I don't, you know, if you're too busy to be made for it today, there's no way you can postpone that far to tomorrow. Fine. So let's say that's the case. However, what if you said, right, let's say you even said, right, let's say that since you did not do the hafara today, which is to say you allowed it to mature over the course, you allowed this nether to mature over the course of its, until it's past its deadline, and therefore tomorrow it's as if it's completely, completely mature and totally exists and can no longer have hafara, then consider the following case. And now is where it gets interesting. Interesting. So now let's all talk within the same day. Let's all agree, Barry, that if you missed your deadline as the dad to do the Afaras Nadarim, it doesn't matter what you said. You, if you didn't get a chance to do the Afara, you missed your chance and, and, and the nether is mature. But what if you allow the nether to have kiyum for one, for one hour? You say, okay, Shefala, I'll let you have this nether. I'll indulge you for an hour. But I got all day to be made for this nether. Enjoy this hour because after that, I'm knocking it out. I'm going to do hafaris nadarm. So, what's are the tzadim? Asks the Gemara. When he says to her, I'm only going to indulge you and do this game for an hour. Are we going to say that the implication is that he, I'm going to be made for it? Remember, he's not, he didn't actually express that he's going to do hafara. He just says, Okay, Shefala, you can have your nether for an hour. So he's Mekayim it for an hour. Is the hafara afterwards, after that hour, implied? Or are we going to say, since he didn't explicitly say that he's going to do hafara, right? So then we don't take that implication. He just says, I'm going to Mekayim for an hour. And after that hour, you're right, the whole day passes and, it, and it's Mekayim. So, and then says the Gemara, Imtim Salomar, ha, lo, amarla. And if you're going to say that, we're not taking that implication. It's just a comma. Miu amarla mai. What would be the halacha if, in fact, he did say explicitly what I said before? And here's really the rub. This is the question. So the case is, says the Gemara, okay, so even within the day, if the, if the father said, Shefala, I'm going to let you do this a comma for an hour, so then let's say we don't assume that after that, he means that he wants to do hafara. But let's say he said explicitly, Shefla, I'm going to let you do this hakama for an hour, but what I said before, after an hour, I'm going to do hafara. He says so explicitly. So now this is the real question. Says the Gemara. Mi aminan came in the kimo kimo? Odilma came in the chula yoma bar hakama ubar hafarahu lechi laachar shana mahani. That's the real question. The question is, after walking through, for whatever reason, all the possibilities, and it sounds like we don't know what the answer is, so we're just saying, okay, let's assume that if he didn't manage one way or another to say the word hafara throughout the, first, the course of the first day, let's assume that the nether is not mufar at all. But the real question is, if he says, I'll let you have it for an hour, are we going to say that since he, even the chemo, chemo, that once you confirm a neder and makayimit, it is now full-fledged and mature and can no longer be, right, that, that affirmation can no longer be revoked? Or maybe you'll say that since he has all day, that first day, to do hafara, 
So the whole day, bar hakama uvar hafarahu, you could kind of deliberate over whether you want to do hakama and hafara and switch back and forth until you finally decide you have all day. And therefore, ki amar mufar lechi and therefore, the, if that's the approach, then if he says, after an hour, I'm going to do hafara, it would actually, mehani, it would actually work, it would be hafara. And that really becomes the question that we asked before, Barry, which is to say two ways of looking at it. Is hakama the point, this is the really, but the Gemara is a long way of asking one question, Rava is asking, which is, is hakama that, like the point of no return or not? Does hakama create a right, irreversible stamp of approval on a nether? Or would you say, Andrew, that so long as you're in the first day, you can kind of deliberate over it. You can do hakama, then you can do hafara, and then eventually, you know, come to a conclusion at some point before the end of the day, and hafara would work. That's the shaila he asked. So now he wants to bring a raya from a Mishnah in Nazir and Davchaf as follows. This is what the Gemara is going to try to resolve it. This is foreshadowing, Andrew, because we're going to learn Nazir soon. Sota than Nazir. Or Nazir than Sota. Right? Nadarm and then Nazir and Sota. We have a lot of fun things uh, up ahead. So Tashma. Let's learn from the Mishnah in Nazir. Hareini Nazira. A woman says... Women can become Nazirs too, Andrew. A woman commits to Nazirs. V'shama bala v'amar v'ani. Me too. Okay. Her husband hears her do Nazirs. He says, you know what? That's a good idea. We should do this as a couple. Ein yochel hafer. Can he revoke her Nazirs, right? A, a person can't do hafar on himself, per se, right? But a husband has the power to do hafar on his wife. So wait a minute. He's going to say, me too? And then he's gonna, and then he's gonna do hafar on her. Now, watch this, Barry. When the husband says "me too," isn't that a kind of a confirmation of hers, of her naziris? And so the question is, if he can actually, uh, if he would be able to write revoke it afterwards, and that that would apply, like the second side of our question, that if he could revoke it, then maybe that revoca- that maybe that means that after he affirms it by saying "me too." You can revoke it. You get a, sort of like within that window, you can deliberate back and forth. But in fact, the Mishnah says in Nazir that if he says me too, ain't yachol hafer, he cannot revoke it. So it sounds like after he said me too uh, to his wife, right, uh, claiming Nazirus, he w- got to the point of no return and he can no longer do a revocation. And the Gemara asks, Vamai, name of Ani, the Amar hu al nafshe, the Havi Nazir. Why can he no longer revoke it? Maybe the statement was, right, that the ani that he said was that you should be a nazir, abal hareini nazira dila, but her statement that I'm going to be a nazira, the shah achas kaima, maybe we'll say that for one hour he confirm it, and achar shah ibai lefer, amai eno yachal hafer. Right? So this is a long way of the Gemara asking. Why can he not be revoked? Again, the, the, the halacha in right, the Mishnah and Nazir is that he cannot do hafara on her neder. And so we say, maybe that, maybe it's because of the same reason, the same right question that we have in our Gemara, that once he was mekayim her neder, he can no longer be made for it, right? And that's what the Gemara concludes here. Am I ain't yochala hafer? In his question. Why can't he do hafara sadarv? Lav mishum dekemu dekemu dekemu. Is it not because of the fact that once he was Mekayim the Neder, 
he can no longer evoke. In other words, don't we learn from the mission of Nazir where the husband says me too to the woman, to his wife doing another? Don't we learn from that that once you're Mekayim and another, you're now at the point of no return? Isn't that what we in fact learn? And therefore, shouldn't that actually inform our halacha? Shouldn't that answer Rava's question? Rava asked, right, um, that what will be the halacha if, uh, let's say, father says to his daughter, I'm going to be Mekayim the netter for an hour and then I'm going to be made for it. So isn't that the same as a husband who hears his wife do Naziris and says me too, that the halacha is in the Mishnah of Nazir that he cannot be made for it? Shouldn't that also mean that a father cannot be made for his daughter's nether once he was Mekayimit? Says the Gemara, not necessarily. Love. Why? Because it's possible when somebody says me too, he's as if he's saying I'm in for the long haul. Right? Okay, yeah, we got Andrew's... Recommending, I only have seven minutes to drink. We have it's a sarbatavit, but you understand the point, Andrew. It's as if he's saying, "I'm in for the long haul." Once he says, "Me too," he's not. That's very different than saying again. The fa- when when the father did it or the husband did it for his wife. In the case of a ned, there, in the same breath, he said, "You can have it for an hour, and then I'm going to do hafaris nadar." Right. When he said meat, uh, so, so therefore, that's why maybe there you could deliberate. Can you do the afara or not? But when the husband joined his wife in on his Naziris and says me too, he never said, I'm going to join you just for the first hour of this Naziris, right? It sounds like he was all in. And therefore, the Mishnah in Nazir, it makes more sense that there it would be irrevocable. And one could imagine that it would be irrevocable when he said, I'm all in but not irrevocable in the context of the nether. And so we have not resolved uh, Rabbah's question here, actually. And so we arrive at the Mishnah and the bottom of Ayin Aleph. Let's talk about, right, um, the halacha of the, the husband and the father together. This is a fascinating, actually, locus classicus. We quoted this Mishnah many times before. You'll recognize it from Ksubis, I believe, as follows. Mesa Av. So again, this is back to our chapter is Nara Marasa, right? So she has the father and the, and, the, and the husband have jurisdiction. So if the father dies, lo nisrokna rishus labal. As the Ran explains, the Baal now lost his teammate, right? So you need a team of a father and a Baal to be made for the neder of a Nara Marasa. So if one of them, she makes a neder and one of them dies during that critical first day, he can no longer do the hafara to the neder. You need both of them to be extant. Okay, here we go. I'm going to be so hydrated, Andrew. But the converse is not true, Barry. Fascinating. If the husband dies, the father can be the Mayfair without his teammates. Who's the more important teammate here? Again, Dr. Kelman from uh, Shomre has such a hawk about this he really reads into all these Mishnayas. He wants to illustrate that the Rishus of the Av and the Rishus of the Baal are very different. And here, this Mishnah really highlights that. That when the Baal dies, the girl reverts back to her daddy, right? And therefore, he has full jurisdiction. As opposed to when the father dies, the husband needs the father in order to do it. As long as she's within the age. As long as we... Uh, for the father, right. Obviously, well, the, the Mishnah is going to actually highlight that. Right, so Bazet... Correct. And that's exactly what the Mishnah continues to say, Andrew. Very good. You could have been one of the Tanaim. Yeah. In this matter, in this, in this way, the Koach Av is greater than the Koach Abal because it does revert back to the Av, 
right? And the Av will have full jurisdiction over our Faris Nadarim on a Nara Marasa. However, as Andrew points out, Bedavar Acher, in another way, Yafikoch Abal Mikoch Av, that the Baal is, in fact, in some ways, more potent in his Hafaris Nadarim ability than the Father. Why? Shabal Mefer Bebeger, Baal Beinu Mefer Bebeger. That, after all, as Andrew said, that even once she's a Bogeris, right? It doesn't matter how old she is. Once you have, she has a husband, he can be Mefer Hanadarm. But the father, albeit his power of Hafaris Nadarim on his wife is, on, on his daughter is greater, that power only exists until she ages out, as Andrew said. But once she ages out, even though the Baal can be made for his wife's Nadarim at any age, the father can only be made for a Nadarim until she's a Bulgaris. Now the Gemara asks, my time, what is that reason? What is the reason of what? The reason is, why is it not um, reversible in the same direction? Why can you, why does the power transfer to the Right, father completely, but not so to the husband. Because the Amar Kwabinu Rebe Sabiyat, it says Binu Reha Beisavia, which is to say, Meisabal Nisrok Nevishis Laav, right? Because even though it's Binu Reha, uh, even though it's Binu Reha and she's married, the implication of the Pasuk is she's still Beisavia. So long as she's a Nara and she's a Marurasa, right, she's not yet fully had Nisuin. She's still considered Bebe Savia, which is to say that if the Baal dies, she goes and reverts back to the father, Minalan. How is this how do you learn that? Because it says, Amar Rabba, Rabba says, Right? So you have the same dynamic here would apply to the second husband. That if she has another husband, you put the Psukim together. And the context is that even if she had a second husband, it implies that it revert to the father. In between. And so from there we learn the implication that it would revert to the father in between and therefore that means that he has full jurisdiction when the first husband, right, when the first Ares dies. Right, the first uh, husband that she had Arison with dies. Obviously in Nisuin, all bets are off. She's completely with the, um, with the Baal. But if at Arison, the first Baal died, so then she would revert back to the father. So now when Ainam obeys, Makish Rishona. And it explains the Pasuk that just like right, the Kiddushin of the Havaya Shnia is like the Havaya Rishona, right? The second marriage is like the first. Right? That just like the first right Kiddushin, uh, the father can do can do hafara by himself, so too. In the second one, the father can do hafara by himself. So the Gemara asks, Maybe you could say that this would only be true for Nadarim that were not fit for hafara um, by the Aras. What would that be? That would be a case that, let's say, the Aras had not heard about. So maybe you would say that, only this, that all of this would only be true if the Aras was not in a position in other words, what, what, what's the implication? What's the havamina here that the aris never heard about her nether? So maybe this would only be true that it reverts back to the father if the aris never heard about the nether and therefore never really had a chance to mull it over, so to speak, right? In other words, when the aris and we already this harkens back to three blot ago when we were talking about right all the different scenarios when, in an aramurasa where the father and the hus- and the husband are trying to, right, undo the nether. So maybe in the case where, and we see, in the case where one of them had not yet heard of it, so they didn't even have an opportunity for, for Afara. 
So how do we know that that's not the case over here? That it only reverts back to the father. In how do we know that it doesn't revert only back to the father in a case where the Baal had not heard of it? How do we know that even if the Baal, even if the first husband had heard of her nether and then died, that even in that case it would refer back to revert back to her father? The Gemara answers even a darm shalonir laris me binurea beisavir nafka. Yeah. That would have already been taught from the Pasuk of the Arabian of Beisavia, and we're going to see that on Dafayin Gimel, and therefore, we're not, and we already saw that before, and therefore, uh, if that's the case, then we wouldn't need to have the lesson, and therefore we learned that even in the case where the Baal already did hear, even in the case where the Baal already did hear the Neder, that it still would, if he died before he got a chance to do the Farsan Dharam, it would go back and revert to the father. Fine. So now, seven lines down and two dots. If you're going to say that the case is, what, what, what's the case? That what? He did Kiddushin when she was a Nara and then she became a Bulgaris Mechdi. Can that be the case? Since Misa Motsiyah Vagras Motsiyah Meshusa'av. Fascinating analysis. We say that how, how, what are the two ways that a woman, right, a girl, can actually, right, age out of her father's, right, jurisdiction? There's two ways. She could either age out by Bagras, or, right, she can have Nisuin. Those are the two things that remove, or the father could die, rather. Okay, so the two ways that just without getting married, right, the two ways that she can get out of her father's jurisdiction is either the father dies, Misa, Motsiyah, or she ages out. And then in both of those ways, she goes out of the jurisdiction of her father. So now we're going to say, just like when the father dies, right? It doesn't transfer to the husband because that's the, right? That's what our Mishnah teaches us. So maybe so too. When she becomes a Bogaris, then just like her father's death doesn't transfer her completely to the Baal, because we learned that in the Mishnah, so too her aging out shouldn't transfer her completely to the Baal either. And therefore, would you say that the, the, the idea is like this? First, she would have to age out. Then, she would be Mekudeshes, right? And, is, and that's, that's the case of our Mishnah? But then we said, Hatanina Chada Zimna, but wait, but we already learned this once in another Mishnah. We haven't learned it yet. We're going to learn it in a few days. The following Mishnah. So you'll recognize this when we learn in a few days. A Bogaris, Shashas, Ashnemas, Archodesh. That when we have a case where a Bogaris, right, waited 12 months, right, that Mishnah taught us that what? The Gemara doesn't say, but I'll tell you. Rabbi Eliezer says that since at that point after 12 months, and we've learned Ksubis, so we know a little bit about this 12 month thing. We know that usually a Bogaris doesn't need 12 months. Rabbi Eliezer says that after 12 months, um, her husband can already do her forest nadarm since he's obligated to support her. Do you remember this? Again, a, a lot of this nadarm stuff came up in Ksubis in the following context. Uh, don't forget, we said that when we learned Ksubis, the stages of marriage, that you have Kiddushin and then you have Nisuin. Everyone agrees that the Baal has full jurisdiction without the father once she's reached Nisuin, right? The question is, remember that 12-month period? So for an Arusa, a Naramurasa, there's a 12-month period where after, right, the whole beginning of, of, of Ksubis, the whole idea was that after 12 months, 
right, the husband takes on financial obligations, right, of having to take care of her. If he misses that deadline for whatever reason and they haven't done the suing yet, he already takes on financial obligation. And it is with those financial obligations that come his, so to speak, rights to do the hafar on her nadarn. And so the Mishnah is going to be discussing that soon in Ayn Gimel. Let's say she is a Bogaris. So Rabbi Eliezer said, if she already, right, past 12 months, then already the husband has financial obligation to take care of her, and he also could be made for her in a darim. So the question is, once we learn that in our Mishnah, why do we have to learn it again in the Mishnah in Ayin Gimel? After all, right, we already learned, so, so that, this is a whole, a whole long way of saying that it sounds like our Mishnah can't be talking about the case where she's already Bogaris, because we learned that when she's already Bogaris, right, once she... Once her husband has obligation to support her, right, then he can already be made for Hanadarim. So just for a second, the Gemara is going to say, wait a minute, what's 12 months? Hagufa Kasha. We're going to have a Kasha in advance already on the Mishnah Nine Gimel. That Amrat Chodesh. What's 12 months is Bogaris? Didn't we say that there's Machlokas about that? Didn't we say that only a Nara or a Katana gets 12 months? Why are we talking about 12 months? We already learned in Ksubis Nun Zayin that a Bogaris only needs 30 days uh, before the, the husband has full responsibility. She doesn't, she's a Bogaris already. She doesn't need 12 months to get ready. She's a big girl. She, like, uh, a month is enough, Andrew. Once you get engaged, do you need more than a month to get married? Come on, man. So the point is that, okay, so... Leave that aside. 30 days, 12 months. The point is, after you've passed whatever that number of days is going to be, that the husband gets full-fledged rights, right, and obligations to support her and rights to do the Faris Nadarn without the father. So the Gemara says, Okay, let's just amend the Mishnah on an Ayn Gimel right now and say that it means either Bogaris and... A, or a nar, that it, which implies 30 days, or a nara that had 12 months. We call Malcolm Kasha. In any event, we have the difficulty of why do we learn this twice? Why are we learning in our Mishnah and in the Mishnah in Ayin Gimel that the husband has full rights? So the Gemara says two possible answers. Maybe the halacha is taught in our Mishnah, right? Our Mishnah is the primary place where the, right, where the Mishnah wants to teach us that once the time for Nisun arrives, right, and the Arus is obligated to support her, at that point, he takes on the full responsibility of supporting her and the full right, rights of Hafars and Darim. And therefore, Upogaris Katani Hasam, and therefore the Mishnah 9 Gimel is kind of redundant. But the only reason we have that Mishnah is Mishum Devai Flugi Rebbe Lazar In other words, it's really redundant with respect to the Baal's rights. The only thing is, it wants to repeat it. And teach you something new. What's the something new? The Machlokas of Lazar Rabbanon as to whether a Bulgaris has the 12 months or the 30 days to get ready for, for, for the Nisuin. At what point does the Baal's, right, uh, do the Baal's responsibilities kick in? Or, Ibai Seymour, an alternative answer, Bulgaris Dafka, Vaidi, Nasif Reisha Bazet, Nasif Sevanami Bazet. That maybe the second Mishnah, the one in Ayin Gimel, is Dafka. It's not really redundant, it's just that our Mishnah is structurally trying to teach you. Since the Tana in the first right part of the Mishnah says that in this manner, 
right? The power of the father is more than the power of the husband. So Nasif Seifa Nami Bezes. So it mentions the second part of the Mishnah, which is the way that the husband is more powerful than the father, which goes back to Andrew's point, which is that the, the husband is more powerful than the father with regards to our Fars Nadarim because unlike the father that has no jurisdiction once she ages out, the husband has jurisdiction also even once she ages out and becomes a Bogaris. It is true that we'll learn that again in Ayin Gimel, but the fact of the matter is that we're just using it structurally to contrast it with the father in our Mishnah, and therefore that justifies why we mention it here. And so we'll resume Bezat Shem tomorrow on Ayin Aleph, Amud Aleph, and the top in the Mishnah. Thank <laughs> you.